Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app right now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. Hello, everybody. Wednesday, not Friday, casual Wednesday. Joe, you're, it's funny. I, I'm so used to saying casual Friday. It feels weird doing this. I, I can't even say as always. Well, as always, I'm joined weekly by my buddy Joe Yurden. But again, casual Wednesday. Tomorrow is Thanksgiving and Black Friday. Nobody's going to listen. So Joe and I decided let's just get this out and uh, we'll put it out for, for people to consume on uh, on Wednesdays. What's going on, dude? I'll tell you what. It, it's good to have you on the show today because <laughs> I've kind of taken a beating lately with a lot of fans because I had Sully on Tuesday, Jerry Sullivan. Mm-hmm. Um Joe from Queens last week and Mm -hmm. you know everybody likes Joe Yurden and not everybody (laughs) likes Sully I don't know about everybody everybody likes most people do not everybody likes Sully he's he's not everyone's cup of tea and certainly not Joe from Queens but uh yeah to use a wrestling term I've gotten some some heat from fans man they're like why you have these assholes on the show then they're not assholes well (laughs) Joe from Queens sort of is (laughs) <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yo, anyway, <laughs> back to my much likable Joe Yurden. What's going on, buddy? Uh, you know, I, I like that it's casual Wednesday this week because Black Friday might be the least casual of all Fridays known to man yeah. in, this, in this country. I mean, maybe, I don't know, maybe post-COVID it's a little different, but I don't, I don't know, man. People lining up outside stores at like... You know, they basically get done with Thanksgiving dinner and then they're like, all right, time to go camp out Best Buy. We got to get that TV or we got to go to Walmart. Like, no way, man. I never I never bought into that stuff ever. Like if I wanted like a dirt cheap TV made from Singapore, then like, okay, man, I can find it on the Internet someplace. Have you ever? So you've never done Black Friday? No, I listen. I've worked in retail a few different places in the past. And the last thing I ever want to do is be at a be at a store when it's the worst when you're going to get the absolute worst of worst attitudes and worst personalities yeah. of society coming out in one moment because like retail workers are a pissed that they're there that early b tired because it was thanksgiving the day before c overworked underpaid so like immediately everybody's just not in the greatest of moods and then you got the people outside who are going to go crashing the gates maybe running at stuff definitely going to have some kind of attitude if the if the thing they want is you know snatched up by other people maybe you got people fighting you got people you definitely got people See yelling every year. you know arguing about shit like it's it's the worst of society it's like it's it brings out all like the worst traits of everybody in society for, for something like that now some of them can be pretty orderly and like i get it like sometimes it's like some stores try to make it good so that you know they hand out tickets they're like okay like we're gonna make this neat and orderly we're not gonna you know we're not going to have people bull rushing stuff because that's crazy. But like some of these places where they show like people like stampeding into the stores when they, when they open up at like, you know, four or 5 AM or whatever the hell it is. And it's just like, Oh my God, I can't, I can't be asked to, to do 
anything like that to get something on the cheap. Like, and it's not even like that's the thing that gets me. Like, you're buying gifts, and like you're gonna you want to spend the least amount of money for a gift for somebody that you love. Like, okay, way to way to way to way to go to the basement <laughs> for that one. Way to way to way to help out your 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 mom or your dad or your brother or sister to get some cheap shit for him for Christmas. Congrats. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. I've I've never done Black Friday, and I don't think. I mean, never say never, but I don't ever anticipate getting up and going shopping for Black Friday. Well, for starters, my broke ass never has any money to go get like all the really cool stuff that's out that year anyway after Thanksgiving. So, you know, sometimes it's money. I just, yeah, man, the crowds and having to deal with this stuff. Plus nowadays you got, what is it? They have a Cyber Monday. And essentially I will yeah. say this though, Black Friday has kind of changed in the last couple of years. I've seen some Black Friday deals, like again, online that have already started. But yeah, I've always mm -hmm. hated that concept. So you take Thanksgiving, which is one of my personal favorite holidays. Again, I love the concept yep. of Thanksgiving in some ways, at least some things about it. I love the concept of family and close ones. And we've talked about this on the show, I know in the past, just having dinner and a meal and, and enjoying mm -hmm. the day together. And then you have these people with Black Friday who literally will cut off dinner or the, the, the food's not even digested in their stomach and they're out going to waiting lines for eight hours or for whatever store is open to go, you know, like you said, fight each other, run each other over to go get uh, the best deals. It goes from one of my favorite things, like I said, uh, friends, family, being together Thanksgiving to, to greed, mm -hmm. you know, to yeah. save some money. I just... I don't know how they, well, it's because of casual Friday, black Friday. I get how this rolled right into the, I, I, I want to say something though, too, by the way, I was half joking when it comes to Sully and Joe, I, I've said this on this podcast before. This is not a fan podcast. I'm not going to have people on here who I, I get them on there just because I know they're going to say the nicest things about the bills or, or, or the mm -hmm. savers or, or whatever. I have people that I think bring some value to the show. People whose takes I don't necessarily agree with. But I think they're interesting. And that's how I feel about Sully and Joe. Now, they're two different people. Jerry Sullivan, I get why. And by the way, for the record, we did not talk. I know I got asked this a lot. His Sam Reinhardt take on Monday. He had a tweet about Sam Reinhardt on Monday. If you, yeah. if you didn't listen to the show on Tuesday or you haven't been on Twitter, he had this ridiculous take about Sam Reinhardt. I don't know, something about being the the highest paid player on Florida, which is wrong. Yeah. He's not like, even the second like, highest paid player. Yeah. Highest paid player. He's gotten his minutes yeah. reduced. He's not, he hasn't scored. And he hasn't got a point. It's right. like, right. That's that, that to me, trolling masterclass of just like baiting yeah. the hook and saying like, <laughs> all right, who's going to, who's going to bite and right. Sabres Twitter hard. Agreed. Absolutely. And I did not ask him about that tweet. I didn't want to go down that road with him. I wanted to talk bills. So that's why I didn't bring right. it up. But yeah, Sully, you know, he'll, he says things like that and he has some Marshawn Lynch, Lynch takes that I, I can't stand them. I, mean, I wanted yeah. to talk football with him. But anyway, Jerry Sullivan, for better or worse, or you love him or hate him, and he does sometimes with the trolley, and I agree with you 100%. But mm -hmm. the, the guy has had like a, a, a what, a, almost a four-decade career in sports journalism. He's been around a long mm -hmm. time, very well-respected. I've talked to many media people on this podcast through the years, and to a man and to a woman, they... They consider Sully among the favorites. He actually is a really nice guy. That's what I'm getting at. Oh, yeah. I mean, he just says mm -hmm. in tweets, and I'm sure you know this too, some ridiculous shit. But anyway, I want Jerry Sullivan on my podcast because he's got a lot to say. Now, Joe from Queens, same kind of deal. And you've met him in person. In fact, you were with him mm -hmm. last week again, weren't you, in person? Yeah, yeah. He was, he was in town for bachelor party stuff. I wasn't at the bachelor party, mind you, but. No, no. You, but you went out Thursday <laughs> for some drinks with him. 
and you know mm-hmm. this, and, and I'll tell people listening, he's not as big of a douchebag in person as he appears to be on Twitter because I, and I've told him this and I'm not saying I've told him this to his face. You know what I'm saying? He's a, he's a lot on Twitter. Okay. His takes mm-hmm. are a little over the top. I, I think he gets, I think he takes insults too personal. I, I think he gets too personal with people. Sometimes I think mm-hmm. he crosses the line. That's his kind of Twitter persona. And I don't know if it's like, I don't know if that's by design, you know, like sometimes wrestlers have these characters. I don't know if he's being a character on Twitter or not. I think it's, I think it's a real life extension of who he really is. But my point is in person, Joe's a pretty good dude. I, I, again, I've I've only hung out with him. In fact, me, you and Joe did a a podcast before in case he's not all that long ago. Mm -hmm. But anyway, my point is a lot of people don't like Joe, but I think Joe has a lot of interesting things to say. So that's mm-hmm. why I have people like that on the podcast. This isn't just about who can come on and, and be the nicest person and say the nicest things about our sports teams that we love so much. You know, so I'm not going to apologize is what I'm getting at here. My long winded ramble. I got to apologize <laughs> for these Ebony's type of guests on the show. It's no fun having rah-rah people on all the time anyways, just to be oh. like, hey guys, how great are the Bills? Oh man, they're so good. I love them so much. They're the number one team in my heart. Like, oh man, how about the Sabre? Oh, I love the Sabre. Like, that's freaking boring. Please. Yeah. And besides, if you had made it out last week uh, for having drinks with with Joe, it was it was Joe from Joe from Queens and Nate Geary and myself and a, and a couple other people. And it was I can't like I'm not a big talker anyway. Like I'm a listener. I'm not really like a big jump in and I got to be heard. I got I got stuff to say. I'm not that not that kind of person. Mm hmm. But when you're talking with Joe and you're talking with Nate Geary, man, there you don't have you don't stand a chance of getting a word you don't, in. You don't have a chance. You don't have a you don't have a chance to, to <laughs> even if I did have something where I'm like, no, 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 wait, 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 no chance, absolutely no I chance. Love, and- I love Nate Geary, but if he got paid by the word, Joe, if he got paid by the word on the air, he'd be the he'd be richest dude. He'd be, yeah, he would be. <laughs> he would. He'd be a zillionaire. Um, yeah, I will tell you though love- the uh, the. The sports on TV that night made for great, like running like MST3K commentary because it started with the Sabres game, which they were playing Calgary that night, which got out of hand very quickly and they lost five to nothing. And then it switched though, we switched it over to the Patriots Falcons game, of which we watched New England just beat around Matty Ice and and the smack the Falcons around like it was nothing. And it was just kind of like mm-hmm. sitting there going like these guys look good. I don't like that. And like Nate is just doing his part. He's just, I don't know. I don't know. Like, yeah, I'm not so sure, but like, I don't know. The bills can handle them. Bills can handle them. I'm just like, I don't know, man. They look really disciplined. I don't know. Like, I, I got to be there to kind of be like, I don't know, man. I don't know. Like, a yeah. little nervous, but like, but yeah, but like that, but that made it pretty good. And we were at Brightsmith. So like, that was, that was my first time going there. That was nice. It's I haven't nice been place. there. Yeah. I've heard it's a lot a, of great things and, about it. I'll tell you, Nate flexed a little bit because, you know, they ordered a couple of things. They got their chicken sandwiches because him and him and Joe had to each get it, get the chicken sandwich because it's incredible. And mm-hmm. Geary flexed a little bit. He says, and like one of the appetizers comes out. Oh, oh, and, you know, the waitress comes over. She's like, she's like, hey, this is courtesy of the chef. And I'm just like, who is this guy over here? He's getting getting stuff brought to the table. The chef's giving him like just bringing stuff out for us. Like, that's nice. And it was a, yeah. it was an elote dip, which was out of this world. It was so good. I don't know if you ever had elote yeah. before. I have it's, not. Uh, it's like a, it's like Mexican street corn, but like they did it in a oh. dip form. Holy Jesus, that's good. Like I, I could have ate that whole dish. I, you know, I would have gained twenty pounds sitting there eating it. But like, my God, it was good. I want. I really wanted to go. 
By the way, I've been, te- let's start here. I've been telling you about the New England Patriots for a couple of weeks now. Now everybody mm-hmm. sees it. I'm telling mm-hmm. you, the Bills are, I don't want to, well, they are in a little bit of trouble. They're in for a fight. Let's just put it that way. That's the mm-hmm. nicest way to say it right now. The New England Patriots, who traditionally play their best football this time of year, starting around now with the most uh, accomplished coach that there is out there, are playing mm-hmm. really good football. And the Buffalo Bills are uh, not playing really good football. Let's say this is the situation the Bills are in right now. And a couple of weeks ago, we never would have thought this. At this moment right now, so people are going to watch the game on Thanksgiving night, Joe. If the Bills mm-hmm. go out and they lose to the Saints, they're going to wake up Friday morning. They're going to be 6-5. and five. They're going to be in eighth place in the AFC. And for that moment anyway, the Buffalo Bills are going to be out of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. That's, how, that's the situation we're in right now. They're not playing well, and it's catching up to them. No, no, it's it's, and it's and it's not like something that came out of the blue. It's just something that got kind of covered over by you know throwing thirty eight points up on the Jets or you know slapping the Dolphins around in the fourth quarter after playing an uncomfortably close game with them for three quarters. You know things like that where. You're able to just be like, I don't know. See, they'll figure it out. They got it. They're, they're too good. They, you know, they, they can do this. It's fine. But then you start reading some of the stuff from, you know, that observations from, from players that, you know, from teams that be like Jacksonville. Like I saw, I read something, I forget who shared it, but uh, it was Jacksonville players saying like, you know, these guys, these, these guys, all their heads are down. Like there, there's no, they don't have like that rally together sort of spirit. And I can kind of agree with that. I, I haven't seen like that same sort of thing on the sidelines this year. And I know that's very anecdotal, but like, it's not, doesn't seem totally like everybody's pulling for each other kind of thing. I don't know. But like the, the, I mean, when we talk about the Colts, like leading up to the Colts game last week, we basically laid it out. Like they are, and they got a, there's a bad thing coming for this team, whether it's going to be this week or down the road. But like this Colts game is potential to be really bad for him. And we, we sure felt hell, like it was a bad matchup. Yeah. We, oh yeah. We, it's not Just on the running we, side of it. You and I aren't shocked by this. Well, maybe they no. were shocked that they lost 41 15, but we talked yeah, about it on the show last week. I thought the Colts was a bad matchup. Touchdowns to a guy. <laughs> but like, it was like watching the game and it reminded me a lot of that saints game four years ago here where, Alvin Kamara went ran for like 200 yards and like, you know, uh, Ingram ran for like another hundred and something yards. Uh, you know, it was just like they ran all over him. They couldn't stop anybody. They couldn't do anything. Like that was a game where you worried about Drew Brees throwing all over you. And then it was just Alvin Kamara just like going ham. And then <laughs> I very unfortunately mentioned that that was the game that made uh, McDermott decide to bench Tyrod and then follow up with Peterman the next week, even though the Bills yeah. were in a playoff position. And it was just kind of like, wow, cool. Yeah, you got to get Peterman a shot. Yeah, sure. Like, okay, yeah, Tyrod played bad that game, but like, was he that bad? You got to start this dude? Like, no, man. Like, now, at least there's no threat of that happening now. Like, there's no shot. There's going to be some kind of dumb move like that happening. But, um, but the question is, like, what do they learn from it? You know, like, playing in New Orleans is hard. Like, that playing in the Dome's that dome is tough, but like the saints are coming off a really ugly loss to the Eagles and they didn't look very good against the Eagles there. So like, I don't, 
I don't know. Like, yeah, they're, they're very we've weird. Seen this league, right? It's, it's been a weird mean. season. We've talked about this. We talked last week about parity. There's no great mm-hmm. teams in this league right now, and it's like yeah. every week a shitty team's beating a good team. Dude, Houston Texas went on the road and beat Tennessee this week. It's just crazy. How I feel about the Bills right now, Joe, is I'm concerned more because I I kind of wish it was a schematic thing. You know, I wish it was mm-hmm. like, all right, well, they need to run the ball or they need to throw the ball or they need to do this, they need to do that. What I see with the problem, and, and Leslie Frazier, the defensive coordinator, kind of admitted this to his credit. With God, these coaches don't usually say a lot, but he ta- he said it wasn't about scheme as much. The Bills just got beat man to man on Sunday, mm-hmm. and that's what yeah. was going on. They were getting pushed on both sides of the line, offense mm-hmm. and defense. They were getting dominated, and I don't know what you could do. I mean, yeah, you. I, I guess you could say. You know, their will to win that battle needs to be more, and maybe that could be coached or that can mm-hmm. you can bring that out of them. But when it's a physical thing, that concerns me because it's like if you can't block, then you can't block. You know, there's nothing really right. that you could scheme up. And the trouble this year the Bills have had have been against these physical teams, which, by the way, horrifies me against New England, who's a very physical team. But the Colts mm-hmm. are a physical team. The Titans are a physical team. Jacksonville sucks. But they're a physical team. Pittsburgh's a very, a very physical, physical team. team. Yeah, they're a mm-hmm. very physical team. The Bills kind of struggle against that. I talked about this with Sully on the show just yesterday. Tyler Dunn had an excellent column in his Go Long Substack, and he was mm-hmm. talking about basically, and I'm paraphrasing, but that the Bills are kind of front runners. You know, when they're better than you, they they're, they'll flex on your grave. I think he said something like that. You'll win by thirty, they'll mm-hmm. flex on you. You know, they got that swag. But when they get punched in the mouth, they don't know how to react right now. And it's becoming mm-hmm. obvious. It's becoming a pattern. The Jacksonville game to me, that the loss was ugly and it shouldn't mean that much in a way, but it was like the the manner in which they lost, which was just Josh Allen's running for his life. They couldn't block on the line. And it was just, mm-hmm. it was an issue with the physicality of this team. This team's not very physical. They're not very physical. And the injuries mattered. I mean, Jermaine Edmonds and Starla Tutele out definitely hurt the defense. And Spencer Brown mm-hmm. being out hurt the offensive line a little bit, at least anyway. But I don't know. How do you think Starlo Tutele and Tremaine Evans make that much of a difference on Sunday? I don't think Star would have made that much of a difference considering the way Taylor was running and the way that line played. I don't yeah. I don't I it helps. But like sure. maybe it takes away one touchdown, maybe. Maybe he only scores four touchdowns. Like that's that's where that kind of was at. Um I don't know that Spencer Brown. I said this before. I, I said this last week, and then Tim Gra- Tim Graham wrote about it this week. That there's yeah, the weekly I, sirens. I don't know. They're, maybe they're coming for the. Maybe they're coming for the bills. They're coming to they're coming to pick them up in the in the ambulance. But, um, but I said this last week, and, and Tim Graham wrote about it this week. That if you're hinging your your line success on a on a rookie, you know, third round pick, then that indicates there's bigger problems with with what's going on. And I'm like, yup, a hundred percent. Like that's a hundred percent correct. And like, it's, I mean, it's totally the case. Like that's a hundred percent what the case is with them. And it's, it's wild that that works out that way for them because it's just, I don't know, man. I, I, a lot of what I saw from Alan, I like looking at his face, just watching his face and watching how he reacts. I saw, I saw a lot of deer in the headlights stuff because he was just, guys were breaking through the line in different spots. Not like the rush, you know, the rush was coming from the same spot every time it was the line was leaky all over the place. And it was like, 
you got like five holes in front of you and you're like, okay, which one is it? Is somebody going to come busting through and you don't know which one it is. And you've got like two seconds to figure it out. And like, that's, that's impossible. Like the one, the, the tip drill interception there, like he, he was fading backwards, threw it off his back foot and he was just like, Oh God, I got to get rid of it. And yeah, of course that happens. Of course that kind of thing happens. And like, he's getting bad, you know, he's making bad reads and you know, I, I know, I know Geary went very, very hard on saying like, it's not Allen's fault, but like some of these games, it's kind of his fault. Right. Like, I don't agree with Nate at all. I don't agree with you know, Nate at all. Like, I would, I, I mean, I, he's Joe, getting paid $245 million, man. Like you got to take some of that, that burden. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he is the leader. He's the franchise quarterback, but beyond that, Joe, I've said this mm-hmm. when, when they lost to Jacksonville nine, six, I put zero of that game on Josh Allen. The line didn't block at all. Josh Allen right. was running for his life, just like he mm-hmm. was last year, or not him. Like Patrick Mahomes was in the Super Bowl against Tampa. That's how bad the line was against Jacksonville. I mean, he was getting hit yep. almost every play, having to step out mm-hmm. of the pocket and make throws on his back. But that was the Jacksonville mm-hmm. game. Indy, the line wasn't great by any means, but a lot of the mistakes Josh made, they weren't because the 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 pocket crushed in on him. You know what I mean? Collapsed in on him. Right. He made some bad decisions. He made some high throws. And there wasn't always because of pressure. Those two interceptions were not good. One of them was absolutely Josh Allen's fault. Josh mm-hmm. Allen did not play well against the Colts. He was, maybe for the first time this year, I think Josh Allen was almost a liability to this team than he was an asset. Or so, yeah, mm-hmm. there's a big difference to me, say, from the Jacksonville loss, where I just thought the offensive line was absolutely pathetic. I didn't think the Bills' offensive line was pathetic against the Colts. I just think Josh mm-hmm. Allen did not play well. That's my take. Right. And and it's different for, you know, every loss is different. Like the Tennessee game, Allen played, Allen still made mistakes, but he, you know, put up a ton of yards, got got them scores. The defense didn't do the job, you know. Right. Um, you know, it just, you know, thinking back on some of these losses, it's always been a, something different. But these last two, like, you know, I mean, yeah, I can't fault Allen for the Jacksonville game because yeah, it's just putrid work by the line. But, you know, the receivers weren't getting open. Like none of that was working. But like, this game, I don't know, man. Like, I'm I'm going through like the the Bills stats here, like by game, and like checking like number of targets, like who's getting, like which receivers is he targeting the most? And I've said like all along, like Diggs is your number one guy. Get you know, mm-hmm. go to him. And every game, it's Beasley with the most targets, and Diggs is getting the same number of targets as the running backs, like. I don't know, man. Seems like a bad idea to like have your best receiver be your second or third option. Seems seems kind of dumb, honestly. Like that's I don't for the life of me, I don't understand why that why that's that way. No, mind you, I'm positive opposing defenses are are focusing on digs because he's the game breaker. He's the guy that does it. But if Allen's not looking at him, if Allen's not even like you know even like cycling back to him on his looks, like I, I don't understand what that problem is. Like Beasley's become such a security blanket for him because he's like, Oh, I'm in trouble. Uh, let me throw it to Beasley. Like, okay, I guess. Cool. Like, cool. You, you, you threw to him 15 times. He caught it 11 times for 45 yards. Way to go. <laughs> Way to advance the ball up the field, man. That's, that's gonna, that's gonna really shake those teams up. But like, it's crazy to me that like, you know, I think of the Jacksonville game, and they didn't target him until the fourth quarter when they were just trying they're fighting to get back. And boy, howdy, they started getting some yards and getting through. And 
kind of crazy that it worked out that way. And then, you know, the Jets game, like he got targeted 13 times. Well, yeah, of course you're gonna you're gonna feed everybody when you're able to just throw at will on a team that stinks. Like, cool. But like he was he got six targets this past week. How how are you gonna beat anybody if you're just targeting your best receiver six times? I that blows my mind. You know, and it was, you know, again, it was just dumping off to Beasley because he's he's you know running around. He's kind of like, oh God, I gotta find my guy and you know, throwing it underneath to a guy that's three or four yards out is is cool to like save your neck, but you ain't gonna win games that way. Not against a team that's beating your ass in the line. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Back with Joe Yurden. So when I had Sully on yesterday and we were recapping the Bills game on Sunday, one thing that we really didn't spend much time talking about that after I was done with the interview, I'm like, of all people, Jerry would be the one to have strong opinions on this. The Bills were at a competitive disadvantage because of COVID. I mean, it reared its ugly head. It has with this team, Starlo Tutele and Spencer Brown, both out of that game. And they were both guys that the Bills could have used. Um, Again, we just talked about Star Little Tutelay. I don't think he would have single-handedly, you know, stopped Jonathan Taylor from running wild on them, but he is a boost to the defense, especially the running game. He is their best run defender on the defensive line, and it's not even close. We're at a point now where, and we knew this was coming. We talked about this during the all summer long leading up to the season, you know, because a lot of things that Cole Beasley said. The Bills, um, I don't know the exact stats, but I know that they're near the bottom of the league when it comes to vaccination rates. And now it's starting to, you know, Sean McDermott, who is usually very vanilla, very bland, doesn't really say much. He was mm-hmm. on beginning of camp and was talking about the importance of vaccination. And he's saying all the right things this week, but you know, that guy and Sully kind of mentioned this too. He's got to be stewing right now. He has to be stewing right now that his team is at a literal competitive disadvantage because mm-hmm. of, of COVID. And we already saw what happened Sunday. And I'm confident in saying neither of these guys are going to be playing on Thursday night against the Saints either. This is putting this team at a legitimate competitive disadvantage, and it's hurting the team. It's hurting the team, mm-hmm. Joe. Yeah, and you know who couldn't have predicted this? Honestly, like we were saying this before the season even started. When when you know Bean says his you know he says his thing in the preseason where it's like, it's like hey, you know maybe we'll just cut guys that don't get vaccinated. Like okay, cool. I think a lot of people Star, are like, All stars right, fine. the crazy one. Joe, but Joe, isn't, I don't know. I, I can't explain it. Star, a little too delay of, of all 53 guys on this roster, 
He opted out mm-hmm. last year because of COVID. I just don't understand. And by the way, I, this isn't a report, but like there's rumblings from people that I trust. Let's just say it that way. Mm-hmm. That forget about the Saints game with Star Latoule and Spencer Brown, that they have symptoms. And if that's the case and they're unvaccinated, <laughs> that next game is yeah. against New England on December 6th. And that's the most important game of the year. Mm-hmm. It's not a certainty. Hopefully they'll both be back. But it's not even mm-hmm. a certainty that both those guys or even one of those guys will be back for that game. Mm-hmm. That is bad. Yeah. That's bad. Yeah. I And somebody pointed out to me that um, somebody had called, and I, I don't listen to One Bills Live because I, I can't, I'm not a Bills fan. I can't get into it. Like that's just, that's not for me. But somebody pointed out that somebody mentioned uh, one of a caller and started going on a rant about Star about, about him sitting out last year because he didn't want to get COVID, the whole thing. And started going off at it. And Steve Tasker apparently, allegedly, you know, I have to say, have to say that because I, I can't verify it. I don't know for sure. Sure. But he had, Tasker had interrupted him to say, he's like, well, you know, he's got a, he's got a health condition that won't allow him to get vaccinated, which I'm like, okay, well that changes the story completely because if that's the case, why, why aren't they leading with that? Saying like, well, listen, he can't, he couldn't because he's got a, he's got a health thing. He can't, he can't do it. Like, Okay, he's you one think of the, the Bills you know, would want that very small minority that can't do it, right? But like, why wouldn't you know about that to begin with? Like, how do you not? Like, you have to have that clear with the league just to be like, hey, man, you can't really count him because he can't, he can't get it. Like, he literally can't do it. Like, now, obviously, if that's incorrect, okay, then you know, whatever. He's a, he's a dumbass. But like, if he literally can't do it because it's a health thing, then like, okay, like that sucks. Like, the sucks all around, and it makes it even dumber that guys in the team wouldn't get vaccinated because yeah, like, I mean, I would have thought last year after seeing Tommy Sweeney, you know, get myocarditis and like miss the whole season because, because of all this and, you know, Deion Dawkins gets it in pre, you know, during preseason. And he's had all kinds of, he talked about how, how difficult that was that guys would still be like, no, you know what? I'm cool. I don't need this. And I can understand why McDermott was so mad at preseason. I can get why he's, he's had to mute his takes now because something with the team makes it so that I don't know if they're just trying to present the face of like unity or trying to say like, no, 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 we're all pulling for each other here. I got to wonder though, like there's gotta be people in that room looking at some of these guys going like, are you freaking kidding me? Like you're interrupting this season because you're a jackass because you're self, like you'll lay your body on the line for your teammates, but you won't get a needle stuck in your arm. Like, get lost, man. Like, like that's the kind of stuff I'd be saying. Like Jerry Hughes kind of went off on Beasley about it. And then, Jerry had to like kind of back off his words and I don't know, Jerry hasn't said anything about that since. So I, I wonder if, you know, if, if Bean or McDermott was kind of like, dude, shut your mouth. Like don't cause problems for us. And it's like from Jerry Hughes, I'm just like, I ain't the one causing the problems here, coach or GM. Like it ain't me. It's these guys like they're, they're causing the trouble, but it's so, but yeah, it's, it's, it's so it's, it's frustrating and it's drama for no good reason. Like, and it's, it's drama for dumb reasons. I haven't heard anything about what you were talking about with Steve Tasker, and I don't watch One Bills Live either. Not because I'm not a Bills fan or not even because I don't like them. I just, I don't have, it's, mm-hmm. a, it's a time of the day where I don't have an opportunity to really, to tune in anyway. But I'm, I'll say this, if that is true, and it is a health condition reason why, shame on the Bills for not putting that out there. Because for starters, mm-hmm. it would prevent schmucks like us talking about it on the podcast and criticizing them right. in WGR and all these other outlets out there. It would be well known that he, he can't get the vaccination for whatever reason. So I don't know anything about that. Spencer yeah. Brown, again, a third round rookie. 
I get it. I guess I get it. If you if you've reached status where you're that important to your team, where you can get away with something like this, I, I get. I mean, there's no circumstance that would make me not get vaccinated. But if I was a star quarterback or a star linebacker, whatever, that's one thing. But you're you're a, a third round rookie. Why would you? <laughs> you know, I right. mean, come on, man. But like any. It's crazy because I can't believe that I'm even saying that Spencer Brown being out hurts this team as badly as it does because he wasn't mm-hmm. even supposed to be in the picture this year. But he's a right. critical player on this team now because, he, first of all, he's a better right tackle than Darrell Williams, which is kind of sad because Darrell mm-hmm. Williams got a three-year, $20-something million-dollar extension this offseason mm-hmm. after playing right tackle this year. But Spencer Brown right now, anyways, head and shoulders better than him, and Darrell Williams is better at guard. So you're hurting two positions on this team by being out with COVID. That's that's the right side of your line that's screwed up right now. And it, Here's the thing that kills me is that the entire preseason they talked about, the Bills were very eager to pat themselves on the back about how like, oh, we're, you know, we're above 80%, 85% vaccinated. We're good here. Like we, we get to, you know, we get to do things normal. We get to do whatever. Were all the guys cut vaccinated? <laughs> because why, why is the team rate so low now? I don't like, know. We're, I, I mean, does that mean all your premier players are like running around without without you know protection for themselves like that that's wild if that's the case but like how do you go from from being like 80 you know 80 85 percent to being like the lowest least vaccinated team in the league or something like that like that's nuts that's how nuts if that's it, like how hard how hard would it suck joe to to have a team that's good that's a contender and mm-hmm. It's not fantasy talk anymore. It's reality. There's a chance right. this team could get to the playoffs, and this it's happening now. It's happening mm-hmm. now. You know, Mitch Trubisky also missed time with COVID. Maybe Josh Allen gets hurt in the divisional round, and Mitch Trubisky's not there to come in. You know what I'm saying? There's situations mm-hmm. where, not just for the Bills, for any team, but I only care about the Bills for the sake of this podcast and discussion, yeah. where this is going to end up screwing them up. Beyond that, though, I want to circle back quickly. Tyler Dunn, when I said he had a really good column. Another mm-hmm. thing that, uh, and again, Tyler is one of my favorite people, but he talked about, you know, just beating up on these bad teams. And then I saw a stat. I'm not sure who put the stat out, so I, I can't give credit to anybody. But the Bills last year in games that were decided by seven points or less were four and one. This year in games decided by seven or less are 0 and three which basically goes back to what I was talking about with T- Tyler's column. This team, mm-hmm. to, when they get punched in the mouth, they don't, they're not, they don't know how to fight back. They're getting rattled right now. The Bills were pulling mm-hmm. out these tough games before. Now when the going gets tough, the Bills seem like they're kind of folding, and we saw a lot of that on Sunday. That's mm-hmm. scary to me, man. Beyond, again, beyond the X's and O's, things like that are scary. But to your point, like we talked about last week, there's no great teams in the NFL right now. There's none. There's zero great teams mm-hmm. right now. There's a lot of talented teams. There's a lot of paper champions out there, but there's no great team. So if you want to be pessimistic about the Bills, you make well, they've kind of suffered the last month. They've lost three of their last five. I don't think to say that they've borderline sucked. I don't think that's that much of an uh, of an exaggeration to reach. They've been pretty lousy. But if you want to be mm-hmm. optimistic, well, hey, who's playing really good right now? Who except New England, mm-hmm. which mm, that's in the division, but you know. There's no great teams out there. So the Bills are not dead. Not by a long shot. No. But it's very doom and gloom now, which I get. But yeah. It deserves to be doom and gloom, though, Joe. 
Well, yeah, they're they're farting away a great opportunity by being jackasses and you know being dumb about stuff, and and also like I think a lot of it, I think some of it's a little bit of hubris too, because you know I think back to the you know trade deadline and they we knew what the issues were with the team, we knew that both lines could you know could have used a little bit of a boost. I know the defensive line they they touted like oh we got nine guys we can rotate them all in and out like okay fine whatever, but you knew your O line was was in rough shape. You knew guys were not playing well, and you're just kind of like, no, we're going to stick with them. We're we're going to run with what we got. Like, okay, like that's an idea, but you know, good luck with that. And Do now here, <laughs> now here it is coming to roost. You know, chickens <laughs> coming home to roost now, and it's kind of like, oh, maybe we should have done something. Like, you know, you know, the, like hey, you know, Brown misses this week. They bring back what's his nuts from from preseason who, um. Bobby Hart or Bobby whatever, Hart. whatever his name is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He didn't bring play, him yeah. back, and it's like he's no good. No, I'm bringing him back in, like you're just kind of like, well, he's only he's there as a backup. Like, okay, man, sure, but like if that's your fallback option, I don't know, man. Like that's it's a lot of it's a lot of bad news, and people are you know they bitch about the running game, and it's like you don't want to. This team isn't a running team, but like I don't know if, if Allen's got to play action, then you got to at least be able to know that at least they can run. <laughs> you know, yeah. Every time you see him drop back to maybe hand off, you're like, yeah, okay, whatever, man. We're going back to cover. Like that's <laughs> there's no way you can sell that. I think the panic meter right now or the panic radar officially should be turned on. I really do. When they lost to Tennessee, nah, they should have won that game. A, a couple of mistakes, they, they should have won that game. And I truly in my heart think that they're a better football team than Tennessee, okay? Panic level zero for me for that game. The Jacksonville game, annoying and frustrating, but we've seen enough of shitty teams being in good teams. The Bills just didn't show up that day. They were flat, playing out. I don't think the Jacksonville would beat Buffalo again if they played 10 times. All right. I think it would be different. Panic meter, maybe a two out of 10. This Colts loss to me, the panic radar is high, man. My score is like a six and a half, maybe seven out of 10 because the Colts did what scares me the most. A physical offensive line pushed them around, an elite running back, a quarterback who's okay in a defense that's pretty good and confused Josh Allen, by the way, we didn't even talk about that. They confused mm-hmm. Josh Allen into making some of his mistakes. This is mm-hmm. a team you can see again in the playoffs. And what's going to be different about the Colts in the playoffs than what we saw Sunday? Nothing. They're going to run the football. They're going to block mm-hmm. well. They're going to play bend but don't break defense and wait for the Bills to make some mistakes. I'm concerned about this. So we were talking about doom and gloom. I, there is a little bit of doom and gloom going on. Not a lot. Again, can they turn the season around? Yes. Because I don't think there's any standout teams in the AFC that I don't think the Buffalo Bills could beat. I didn't think the Bills could beat Kansas City last year, quite frankly. I think the Bills could beat any of the teams in the AFC this year. I'm not saying they're going to beat any of them based on what we saw Sunday. Shit. You know what I mean? Not good. But one other thing, too, by the way, we haven't even talked about, Joe. Penalties. This is an undisciplined team on top of everything else. I think Mm -hmm. they're they're second in the NFL in penalties, but the, the team ahead of them has played a less game. So the Bills, for all intents and purposes, are the most undisciplined penalized team in the NFL right now. Really weird. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> we sit there kind of like almost well, dumbfounded what, what to say about this team, but it's like, yeah, I'm concerned. Well, the, the, I'm the, concerned. Penalties thing, the penalties thing kills me because, you know, just watching, you know, watching reactions on Twitter, the first reaction from fans is always to blame the refs for stuff happening. And it's like, don't put yourself in a position to, to do that, like, don't, A, don't commit so many penalties in the first place. And B, 
you're never going to get the benefit of the doubt if you're just doing dumb shit all the time. Like that's just that's just, right. that's just how it is. Like you, you don't get a break. Like it, when you start doing things consistently and it's kind of like all right, man, like I know they're doing this. I bet, you know, you're, you're, I know referees are not supposed to like zero in on stuff like that, but like, you're going to notice it more if it happens all the time. Like that's, that's only natural. So like, just don't be stupid. But like, you know, the line penalties I get because it's like the line's getting blown up. Line's getting blown apart. They're, they're trying to do whatever they can to save their neck. So of course they're going to grab guys and haul them down there. You know, they're going to do whatever, you know, kind of dumb stuff to do. And it's like, every time there's a holding call, it's like, okay, the defensive holding calls though, that I'd have a bigger problem with because the, the the secondary should not have those issues. Like they can, you know, them getting, you know, blown up on routes or just, you know, taking a misstep or doing something where they're, you know, the receiver's getting an edge on them. It's like all those guys are, are they're better than most of the receivers in the league. There's no way they should be constantly just grabbing guys and tugging at them and getting, you know, getting all over them. Like can't be doing that stuff, man. Like that's, that's the kind of stuff if I, you know, if I'm Leslie Frazier or I'm McDermott, I'm just screaming in my brain about it constantly. Like, you got to be kidding me. You cannot be doing that kind of stuff. And, you know, fans want to blame the refs, but like to me, blaming referees for a loss is the ultimate loser crybaby stuff. Like, just, you know, don't be like, oh, refs took it away from us. We got screwed. Like, no, you didn't. No. Well, <laughs> you screwed there's yourself. Zero, there's zero merit to say to argue that when it comes to uh the indie loss you want to say no. that the jacksonville game was one of the worst officiated games i've ever seen i still don't think ultimately that's why the bills lost they lost because the offensive line was just atrocious but the mm-hmm. the referees are influencing i'm not going to say they're dictating the outcome of games but they certainly are influencing way too many games this year here's the bottom line with the bills right now joe they've played 10 games or six and four they've had three significant tests this year and they failed two of them Kansas City, Tennessee, mm-hmm. Indianapolis. And they have failed two of those three tests. Um, I'll say this, though. They're expected to be good this year. The bar's raised. You know, we're 6-4. and four, Where? The Bills are 6-4. and four. They're, Tampa Bay was 7-5 and five last year and won the Super Bowl. Again, mm-hmm. this season is far from over. But right. when you have the bar raised like they do right now, and you play like you have this last five weeks, you're going to be subjected to a lot of criticism and it's deserved. One more Bills question. I'm going to ask you the same thing I asked Sully on yesterday's show, and then we'll move on. I want to talk Sabres and get well, to I got. I got well, I, let, me, let me ask you a question real quick. Sure. Go if ahead. That Bills, Kansas City, if that Bills-Kansas City game happens next week, how are you feeling about it now after the way I'll, Kansas City's I'll played answer, the last couple I'll, weeks? I'll answer your question by asking you a question and then okay. giving you the answer after you tell me okay. yours. Right now, <laughs> okay. and I asked, well, I got a reason for saying that. Sully, so I asked him, I said, if there was a, a gun to your head, I said, and your life absolutely dependent on him right now. Remove the emotion, which for Jerry is very easy. Because again, Jerry's not a Bills fan. You're not a Bills fan. So I know no. I'll get an objective answer from you. If your life depended on it right now in this topsy-turvy AFC where teams are up, teams are down, and New England's very good right now, but they do have a rookie quarterback, and they haven't really proven anything yet. But if your life depended on picking the team in the AFC that's going to end up in the Super Bowl right now. Forget about our preseason projections right now today. Right. And you have to pick the team that's going to come out of the AFC. And your life depends on it. Who are you picking? Who's going to be in the Super Bowl if your life depends on getting it right right now in the AFC at least? Oh, in the AFC. Oh, my God. Um, I'd have to pick Kansas City. Me too. I'd have to. Me too. I, 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 
I've watched like their defense was hide your eyes awful. Like they were the worst defense in the league the first what four or five first first four four or five weeks of the season. The last mm-hmm. three weeks they've been beating the shit out of people. Like it's a completely different setup. And I don't know what they've done. It's the same personnel. They haven't added anybody. You know they haven't gotten anybody back. Like that's a completely different way they're playing. It. Spagnolo's a good D coordinator. Like I mean I, I remember him with the Giants and and they you know they were able to scheme up ways to beat the friggin' Patriots in the Super Bowl twice with him. So like I I get it. But like that they're doing shit completely different. Now I and it's like they're not doing it against garbage teams. Dallas is a damn good team. Green, uh, Green Bay granted it was, you know, it, you know it's it wasn't Rodgers playing but like still it's Green Bay, man. Like they're still good. Like that's one of the better teams in the NFC. Um and they I mean, they made Dak Prescott look like garbage. They were on his back all game. They had him running around like crazy. They, I mean, I look at a guy, you know, if you're looking at a guy in the NFC that's Allen-ish, Prescott's kind of the guy, really, because Prescott can run, and he's got, a, you know, he's got the good arm. He's got the, he's got the receivers. And again, Dallas has their own COVID thing because Amari Cooper was out with COVID, and Jerry Jones went off about it, saying, like, I can't believe he's, you know, he's putting the full blame on him. Like, I can't believe this guy's being that selfish. Like, we need the whole team to come together. But, like, gun to my head, Kansas City's a pick. And they, they've got their shit together. I, I they've done this the last two or three years now. Like, they, they play a garbage the first half of the year, and they're just kind of like, all right, let's, let's get it going. And now they look like they're getting it going. I agree 100%, and that's why I said I was going to wait to answer your question to me because <laughs> when I asked like, for the record, if you didn't listen yesterday, he picked New England to win the AFC. And uh, look, that's a homer pick. The AFC's Jerry. been this year. That's a homer I pick, the, Jerry. Come on. Well, his his reasoning is they got the best coach and they always play their best football mm-hmm. later in the year. All fair points. And again, in this really weird AFC conference this year, hey, I'm not going to laugh at it. But yeah, I would pick Kansas mm-hmm. City. I feel this way too. Kansas City was done earlier in the year. They were toast. Okay. The defense mm-hmm. was beyond atrocious. And Patrick Mahomes was making some horrible, uncharacteristic mistakes. I mean, like some of the worst turnovers I've ever seen, especially from an elite quarterback. This conference mm-hmm. was there for somebody to take it over and put mm-hmm. them out to pasture. Did not happen. Now they've regrouped. Mahomes is obviously starting to play better. The defense is definitely playing better. The Chiefs mm-hmm. are 7-4. and four. They're going to win that division. They're probably going to win the, the AFC. They're probably going to end up with the number one seed. That's just a gut feeling. But regardless... I feel like this team, it looked like they had no chance of making the playoffs about a month or so ago. Like, they were yeah. done. It looked like, I mean, they barely beat the Giants at home on, on, on prime time on football. You know what they I mean? They were so, lucky to beat the Giants. They were lucky to beat <laughs> the lucky Giants. Beat they them. were done. They were done. And no team took over. Again, Baltimore gets trampled at home by Cincy. Tennessee can't even beat Houston at home right now. And Derrick Henry's done for the year. The Bills are a mess. We, we're watching that every week with their own eyes. The Patriots are ascending, but again, do you really believe in them? The Chargers are too up and down right now. So are the Kansas Raiders. City Chiefs. Yeah, yeah, I don't even count the Raiders. I mean, they're, they're a decent team. I probably, <laughs> should, I probably should, but point being is, yeah, man, I, I, the Chiefs are going to be tough. Now, I will say this, if the Bills play them in the playoffs, and I don't want to play them in the playoffs. Let's just put that out no, there right now. You'll but avoid them the at Bills all costs. Them, right, but if the Bills do play them, they do have the fact that they won in the Kansas City and beat them. And I think mentally that will matter. That'll, that'll matter mm-hmm. having a lot more confidence playing them as opposed to last year where I think they were doubting if they could beat them. So I do think that mm-hmm. Kansas City game was important this year. But yeah, I got to go with the Chiefs. 
I, I tell you Man, one I thing just, we're not gonna have to worry about is projecting if the Sabres are gonna go yeah. to the Stanley Cup this oh year. You know, God. that's <laughs> yeah, a, that's a, a great segue. <laughs> you, you were in the arena. So by the way, Monday night you that were was, in the arena. Yeah. You covered you covered the game for the Associated Press. Uh the Sabres mm-hmm. lost Monday night seven to four, two empty netters. So that scored on, you know, it sound, yeah. uh, sounds a little more of a blow than it was. They did lose Sunday night to the Rangers with zero point four <sighs> seconds. That was horrible to watch. Now, obviously, nice. the losses are piling up. Yeah, the, the, the losses are piling up now. And uh, mm-hmm. if you're out there judging the on wins 11. and losses, yeah. you know, some people don't care about the feet. They just judge on wins and losses. And uh, I think they're like, what, 2-8-1 or something like that in their last 11 games. Put it this way. The Cinderella yeah. start, the clock struck midnight. All right, man. I mean, it is what it is. <laughs> but, but, again, you were in the arena on Monday. You covered mm-hmm. the game for the AP. Um, two questions. Does this team look as good as I think they do, minus the goaltending, which was again really bad on Monday, anyway, at least. Mm-hmm. Um, and the crowd. What what was the crowd like? I mean, granted, it was a Monday, but was it weird? Was it like almost I don't want to say ominous, but it's nothing like you're used to when you've covered this team in the oh. past. You know what I mean? It's uh was I was it, able like 7, to compare my there? drive. Yeah, it was 78-79, I think was the listed attendance. Hmm. 7,879. So yeah, it was, uh, or yeah, 70, yeah, something like that. But, um, my experience driving down there and like when I cover games from the, when I covered games before, whether it was the athletic or NHL.com, I got down there as early as humanly possible because I want, because I needed to park for free somewhere down there <laughs> because I was, yeah. there's no way you're going to get me to pay 15, 20 bucks every time I'm going to go to work, going to work right. to park at the game. And Sabres didn't give us parking down there. Because they're like, how can we do this? We don't know how we can set this up. And I was like, all right, guys, there's not like 500 parking lots down here. You can just be like, here, here's five spots. Here, you guys park. Like, never mind that. But like, never mind that. But like, when it's an AP game, I just go, I go down, you know, as needed. So I get down there. It's about five o'clock. And usually, you know, before a game, even two hours before a game, there's some buzz. Like there's people, you know, there'd be people at 716. You know, it's Southern Tier now. Like there'd be people around on the streets, whatever. This was like when I drove down last year when there were no fans allowed at the arena and the streets were bare. Like there was a handful of fans walking around, some people going to the draft house, some people just kind of milling around outside Southern Tier, but like there's nobody down there. And I was like, okay, this was this was a little too easy to drive down by the arena. And you get in, you know, you get inside and like warm-ups start, and there's nobody in their seats for warm-ups, which usually you get people for warm-ups. You get some people down by the glass, like that's okay. And you know, they start up for the game and 7,000, you know, 8,000, 8,000 people spread out in a 19,000 seat arena. It don't look like seven or 8,000 people, man. It looks, looks a lot less than that. And I got to tell you, it's, it's weird because everybody, everybody on that side of thing is, is trying really hard The game press people, you know, they're all trying to do their, you know, everybody's trying to do their job fine and treat it like normal. Cause it is, it's normal. Like it's a game, but like, there's nobody, in the, nobody in the building. So it's weird. Um, the whole setup is just very creepy like I, and creepy in like the haunted house kind of way, not like creepy in like the, this is a sketchy place to be. It's like, no, no, no. It's, it's like, it's like, oh man, this place used to be full up. Even in the tank tank days, like this place would still be pretty full up if not sold out. And it was like, wow, this, this is weird. This is really weird. And you know, people go into the game, like they're happy to go to the game. Like they're just, Hey, cool. It's a game. Good to have fun. But like, 
I mean, at least thankfully Columbus doesn't have a, a big following of fans that you know flood into the arena to, to make it uncomfortable for the home team, but you can hear everything being shouted, which might get a lot more difficult as the season goes on for, for, <laughs> for some sure. players because you can hear everything. Like I'm I mean, I'm telling I'm talking like I could hear somebody yelling from the upper deck across the ice on the other side of the, you know, in the other side of the arena, if they yelled loud enough, like I can make out what they said. Some guy like up in the corner screaming something like shouting something like some guy was being a jackass. And like a couple of dudes were like coming together and like getting ready to fight. And then some guy just yells out, kiss each other. And I'm like, okay, all right. We're at that <laughs> level where it's, it's the full on groundlings at the Shakespearean theater. Like I'm like, okay. So it's, it's weird on, and on that respect and like covering a game with the COVID, you know, they still have the protocols going on down there. And, you know, you have to be masked up at all time. Like media people have to be masked up of all time. Uh, there's no option. Like if you're on the media level, you have to have your mask on always. Uh, and when you go downstairs to uh, because they are doing like press conference stuff in the media rooms. So which which is much better than doing Zoom shit. Zoom shit is awful. Um, but like mask on always players don't have their mask on because they don't need it. Cause you know, that's, that's what they're doing, but like everybody else has to. So, you know, even though you can't get in the building without, without vaccination clearance, like it's still like that, but it's so, but like, it, like that's all apart from the game, but like the way the Sabres played, like they have no goaltending. Like that's the biggest problem. Like they would win more of these games if they could get some saves, but yeah. and it's crazy to think that Craig Anderson going down is what's it's, it's what's causing all the problems with this but like tokarski you know he had that great game i forget against who i just had like a yeah stand i talked about game. it last week it yeah like you put the jinx on him <laughs> I, I did i talked about him in fact you tweeted he about melted that the next game out. yeah it was against <laughs> yeah but in fairness it was a calgary game, game. It was the Calgary, was Calgary game. game. In fairness, I didn't yeah. think it was that bad against Calgary. I thought a lot of the goals really weren't, oh, weren't his fault. The team was playing really shitty around him. Yeah. Who cares about the wins and losses? By the way, as we record this, the Sabres have very quietly have already sunk to 25th in the league in points uh, <laughs> with 16 <laughs> points or 7, 9, and 2. So I'm like, so if you are one of those guys who, you know, you're okay with them losing – and mm -hmm. I don't think they're going to completely bottom out because I, I don't think they're going to fall. I don't think anybody's Ottawa catching Arizona. Right Arizona's yeah, Arizona or horrible. Ottawa. Right, right, right. So Ottawa, I, I think, think they'll get it figured out a little bit, but like, well, I don't, yeah. I don't think they're going to finish dead last. But the point being is, I think they're going to yeah. be in that bottom four to six where, mm -hmm. hey, if you are Shane Wright guy and you know you want those odds and, and an opportunity, yeah. you're going to be up there anyway. But I don't, I'm not bothered by the losses because I've decided no. that I'm going to focus on some of the positivity this year, because I am seeing some positive signs and none and of are. them are bigger than Tage Thompson. Tage Thompson to me has been the biggest bright spot of the team this year so far. Anyway, two goals. Again, you were in the building, two goals mm -hmm. Monday. Dude looks like a star. I mean, that one timer, holy shit, man. He's got mm -hmm. eight goals already, which uh, that's already his, I think that's his career high already. And it's ties only like his career what, high. Ties his career high already. Look, the Ryan O'Reilly trade is never gonna, <laughs> not going to be the Ryan O'Reilly trade is never not going to be a horrible trade. It's always going to be a horrible mm -hmm. trade, okay? But it's an all-time Tage trade. Thompson, yeah, but Tage Thompson is giving the Sabres legit top six forward play right now, or top six forward talent um, for this year. I think his future is mm -hmm. looking really good. So it makes you feel a little bit better. But anyway, forget about Ryan O'Reilly. That's not Tage Thompson's fault. He had no yeah. control over that. 
It's ancient Kay history. Kay is looking damn good. He's looking damn good. Mm. It's not a facade. I don't think it's a facade. I mean, he's making some really good plays out there. You know, I I agree. And the fact that he's doing it at center is is even better because it's not a position he was supposed to be playing at all, like when he was drafted. Like that's it's extremely right. good. And uh, there will be something I'll be doing for noted hockey, and I got to get off my ass and just send the questions to to Jack Han to have him like break this down for me. But like he's he's being to coaching stuff and like breaking tape down and doing that. So I want he we we discuss things, and Tage Thompson is something that we're going to be discussing a, a little bit there. Uh, I mean, at least having him, I'm going to ask him a question. He's going to make teach me how like teach me and everybody else reading how it goes. But um, but yeah, it's. It's really nice to see this going well for Tage because there's a, there was a lot of stuff put on his shoulders to do this. You know, I mean, he, you know, he's coming off shoulder surgery, and you know, he is the last guy left from from that trade. And it it's felt like the organization was, you know, they threw him a three year deal what before last year, three year extension, or you know, after coming out of his entry level deal, I think it was they gave him a three year contract. So, um, so there was pressure there because the team is just like no man we're gonna make you something because we need to because of that stupid trade because it, again the only thing that motivates Bagul is, is being embarrassed and that trade embarrassed them embarrassed everybody embarrassed the entire organization to do that so they're just you know it's kind of on Tage's back to to you know to come through with that but like that that doesn't matter to Tage he didn't give a shit about that he cares about getting getting his game going and, and playing well which he is which he is doing which is great um, but yeah, like cousins, like, people are getting kind of bummed that cousins doesn't have as many points. Dude's playing awesome. He's yeah. playing absolutely fantastic. And he's got two line mates that can't do anything to help him out. Like there's the pucks die on some of these guys, like Kajula, like, you know, he's a, he's a 13th forward. Vinahina Stroz is nice. Like he's a good complimentary guy, but man, they got to get got to get another guy to help on that on that wing like i think that's when i think when middle stack comes back that'll help them like kind of shuffle the lines around a little bit to make it easier maybe middle stat rides with cousins i don't know maybe you do something like that but um but he needs he needs got to have somebody else that can like handle passes <laughs> with his line because he should have way more points than he has right now he's playing he's so playing good really really good man i would say it, it, the best Biggest bright spot for the Sabres right now, looking into the future, would probably, which is kind of weird considering Sam Reinhart played very well at center last year and Jack Eichel's obviously mm-hmm. been their franchise center, is I think the Sabres look pretty good at center right now for the future. Pretty set up, at least anyway, between Middlestack Cousins, Tage Thompson, Hayden Krebs. I mean, mm-hmm. the, you got some talent there down the middle. I mean, we'll see yeah. you know, who develops. Or They don't always work out that way, but right. it looks pretty promising. Again, I've I've asked you this a million times to be a salesperson for the Sabers if you want to excite fans. <laughs> to me, that's a valid. But now it seems kind of, it seems kind of valid. I think, uh, I, I think the middle looks pretty good. Now I don't know if all four of those guys will end up being center. Put it this way, Tate mm-hmm. Thompson should. Let me ask you this: Tate Thompson should definitely remain at center, right? Based on what we've seen. Yes. Um, okay. I no. I, I'm just I'm just like going through my head because. Somebody put into my head this morning that, and they said, you know, hey, you remember back in that 14 15 season when Gergensen's had 15 goals and 30 points? And because he was the by default number one center on a, on that 
god awful tank team. And I was like, yeah, yeah. Tank and they team. go, what if what if that's Tage Thompson right now? Like he's the default number one center and he's putting up all these points. Yeah. And I'm like, no, no, don't tell maybe, me these maybe. things. I don't need to hear that. Like that's that's not the that's not the thing I need in the back of my brain to be like, I don't buy it. Maybe that. he's just doing stats, this because of bad. And no, I do not buy it either. Like, but like yeah, I was gonna say the, it's the still gnawing at the not. back of your brain being like, nah, it's just that like that. Like I can't. I'll never not get that out of my head now. And I'm going to be like, well, now I need to see what he does next year. I need to see how he finishes out this year. I need, like, I need to see more, which is good. I do want to see more Tage. I do. Like, I feel, you know, I feel like, like Gergson like had ugly, Gergson had ugly goals that year. I mean, not, I don't say ugly goals, but Tage Thompson's got some shit that you're going to see. Year. Yeah. And you're going <laughs> to, Tage Thompson's scoring goals and making plays that you see on ESPN highlights. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. The numbers might indicate a similarity for sure, but. Right. Eh. One more Sabres but yeah, no, because- I, I no, Tage is a better offensive player than Zemgus is. And Zemgus, listen, he's Zemgus is a fine player, but like Zemgus had to be the number one center that year. He had no choice. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. you know, Tage, Tage is kind of that way. It's kind of that way by default. I don't like some of the shuffles Granado's made with his lines lately. And it's, you know, just swapping guys on the left side uh into different spots. Like I I don't like it maybe he's just trying to get a feel for like how things will be when middle stack comes back i don't know but like some of these moves i don't really dig how they've worked like he took eakin out away from opozo and gergensen's and i hate that move that line was doing really well he took asplund off the line with thompson and olsen i don't really care for that he put asplund with gergensen's and opozo and i'm like i asked this question to lance i'm sitting next to lance lasowski in the box and i asked him i go is the sacrifice of Eakin's play with those two worth the offense you might get from Asplin playing with Gergensen and Pozo? And I'm like, I don't think so. I don't think I don't think one helps out the other one there. But like that's that's minutia stuff. Like that's stuff that can change next game immediately. But um, when are they expecting like, middle step back, Joe? Great question. Because I don't trust anything the Sabres say about injuries. <laughs> because no, straight up. Olafson was, uh, he played what? He played what? Sunday? Yeah, he played Sunday. Came back Sunday, was it? Yeah, he came back Sunday against the Rangers. 48 hours before that, they said he was week to week. After saying for three weeks before that, he was day to day. When him, Yoki Haru, and Middlestat were all out at the same time, they, Granada was asked, like, who do you see coming back first? And he said, Middlestat. Well, Yoki Haru came back last night, or came back against Columbus, so... Yoki Haru and Olsen are both back. Middlestat's still out. I don't know. Like, I can't trust anything they say. It's it's yeah. it's nuts that it's that way. But like, I don't know, man. I that's frustrating to me because it's like, just be straight. Like, it's not even like you're getting an advantage by saying, by you know, just constantly punting it down the road and saying, like, no, no, day to day. Oh, he's got a thing. We just gotta get figured out. Be fucking straight up. Just yeah. just tell us. Dan Bilesmo you used to be straight up. It's like he was straight up to a fault because, you know, like, I remember in preseason when Dmitry Kulikov, he hit, uh, he hit, got hit along the boards right where the door opens and, like, hit him, like, squ- square lower back. And Bilesmo was like, we're like, hey, what's the deal with Kulikov? And he's just like, mm, well, he's got kind of like a, kind of hurt his, his backside. Like, Kulikov basically had, like, a busted tailbone from, from where he got hit you know, how he, how he went into the, into that edge by the door and like, dude was in pain, like in really bad pain. And Bowsman was kind of like, 
you know, trying to make, you know, trying to like make it a little bit funnier than it was. And like, I don't think Kulikov really liked that. I don't think the team liked that, like having a guy just being like, Hey, uh, I know you're being truthful, but like, Hey, maybe just knock that shit off. But at least he would tell us how long a guy would be out for correctly. Like, right. He didn't, he didn't just like punt it down the road and say, Oh, I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens. Like, fuck man. Like it doesn't, it doesn't, nothing irks me. Like I expect to get lied to when you're in media by teams, like teams are going to lie all the time, but when it's injury stuff, man, you're going to be found out. You're a goddamn liar. When you keep saying something, Oh no, he's still day to day. It's like, well, it's been a month. <laughs> tell me when, tell me what's the truth here. So yeah. So I don't know. Maybe middle stat plays Wednesday, maybe he plays Friday. Maybe he plays in March. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, maybe he'll never play. I don't know. It's, I don't know. Like it's, it's so stupid. It's so stupid. It's, it goes back to last year too. The friggin' Eichel, when um, the game he sat out, uh, what was it? Uh, where Kruger said this was Kruger's undoing last year too. Where Kruger said, "I was like, oh, he got he got a little banged up in morning skate, and that's why he didn't play." Then the next day, you know, Jack's, Jack practices or like he gets ready for the game. Like, hey, uh, yeah, so what happened in in practice that you got hurt? And he's like, "No, that didn't happen. Then it happened like the game before. Like, I don't know, I don't know where you got that from." And it was like. Then Kruger immediately, like in the press conference, after was like, "Hey, why'd you lie to us, dude?" And he was just like, "Oh, uh, well, no, that's what I was told." It's like, dude, I'm like, come on, stop fucking lying, please. <laughs> like, just like if lying is your way to get a coach thrown under the bus, then congrats, I guess you did it. But like, stop, stop bullshitting us, man. Like, Sabres fans got to deal with enough shit without being lied to about how long the guys are going to be out of, out out of action. Come on. One more Sabres thing that I want to wrap up with our starting five draft that we do every week. We've spent time on this podcast. I don't want to say necessarily a lot of time, but certainly time talking about some of the uh, deficiencies or, or shortcomings uh, of Rasmus Dahlin's game. And it's been mm-hmm. very well merited. I mean, he continue, and he still continues to struggle, especially on the defensive mm-hmm. side, I'm, I'm talking. But you look at the numbers, and against Columbus, I, he made a couple of mistakes in the, in the third period that were a little bit frustrating, but he also had a lot of really nice plays. Played 26 minutes against Columbus. He's got 12 points in 18 games this year. He's second on the Sabres in scoring. Uh, is he come? He's certainly coming around offensively. Do you feel like, and again, this is a almost like a week-to-week discussion when it comes to somebody like him who's still young and hopefully anyway ascending, but the Sabres have played three games since we talked last. Have you liked what you've seen from him over the last handful of games? It's been better, um, certainly to the eyes. I think some of his confidence is coming back a bit. Um, he had some move against, uh, it was a little bit later, I want to say it was early third period against Columbus, or maybe it was end of the second, where he picks up a puck like, a t- you know, right before going in the zone, and he's got a Columbus player coming right at him, and he just he just did like a little like shoulder shimmy, or just like one little fake, yeah. and the guy yep. bit hard, and he's whoop right yep. around him, and I was like, that's what I need to see more of. I need to see him being confident enough to be able to do stuff like that. Um the defensive end of things, like I mean, what I I can't. How can I judge the defensive end of things when everything the other team is throwing on net is going in? I can't. Yeah, I can't. Plus, he ain't never going like, to be Mike Ramsey or Bill Height. He's never going to be Mike Ramsey anyways. No, no player now can play like that and stay in the NHL. Like you're not going to like nobody can be a zero goal, two assist guy for an entire season in the NHL now. You cannot be that way unless you're blocking. 900 shots a season <laughs> and you might as well be yeah. playing goalie. You ain't playing in the league doing, doing stuff like that. So like, it's fine. Like there's still a lot of stuff to work through, but I still, I still think, and I, 
I say it half kiddingly, but half like, like, ah, I'm just kidding. But uh, maybe get him and see a sports psychologist to break him out of like, whatever the, whatever the frig happened to him. Yeah, I said, I said this said before that. on here, but like, yeah, just yep. get him out of his own head. Cause hockey player being in their head is the worst thing because if they're actively thinking about what they're supposed to do next in the ice, they're, they're five steps behind because then they're going to get their doors blown off. They're going to get made to look a fool, which I've already seen happen to Darlene a couple of times a few weeks ago, but like just some of that offensive confidence, I like seeing coming back because that means he's feeling more comfortable all around because if he's affected by how poorly he's, he thinks he's playing defensively or how poorly he is playing defensively, that, offensive game ain't there either because then he's just kind of like all right well i just say i guess i just shoot it from you know the, the from the blue line and do this and you know just do whatever like nah like no nah, i don't need i don't get that from any defenseman ever like <laughs> i don't need it from him so seeing him being creative with the puck and see him being slick with the moves is a good sign as far as i'm concerned like because he doesn't do that stuff recklessly like that's that's him playing with confidence okay fair enough all right, let's uh <laughs> let's finish with our starting five draft. And well, right, so we, last week we did TV talk show hosts. L- let me say this. And I said it last week on the show. I wasn't feeling that category. And I was just being completely honest with you. I said we're not like mm-hmm. really mailing it in, but I wasn't really feeling it. I did end up squeaking out quite literally squeaking out a win. 51 to 49. Wow, 49. You you made um, it close. I should have been back I should have been boosting that way more than I did. Let me get let me give a recap of what the draft how it went down. So I again I had fifty one percent. I had the first overall pick too. I took David Letterman, Oprah, John Stewart, Arsenio Hall, Larry King. Joe selected Conan O'Brien, Johnny Carson, John Oliver, Craig Ferguson, Jerry Springer. We agreed on this too. It was probably. It, it, there wasn't a ton of interaction, not a, not a ton of votes and not really surprised. Um, so yeah, I'm not surprised about that. I would say this now, but I still like to analyze it anyway. I, <laughs> what I was wrong about and what I think made it, cause you predicted last week on the show would be about 60, 40. You thought I would win 60, 40. That's yeah. what you said. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say this, if I, if I'm surprised about one thing, I thought picking David Letterman first would be, I remember last week I compared it to picking Tony Soprano. <laughs> And an HBO one. I was wrong about that. Johnny Carson, there are a lot of people that said Johnny. Now, again, there wasn't a ton of interaction mm-hmm. this week, but I will say right. a lot of people said Johnny Carson should have been number one. So that did, I did go. I did run it. Yeah, I, I ran into a couple of people that were like, oh man, too bad you didn't get Letterman. I was like, I was like, yeah, but everybody, every late night talk show host on this list looked up to Carson. They all worship Carson. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I was like, that's why I, I felt pretty I, good picking Johnny Carson. <laughs> I think if I would have put a separate poll up saying who's the best Johnny Carson or Letterman, I think Carson would have won that poll. So I was yeah. wrong about that. I, I thought Letterman would have gotten a lot more traction um, than he did. I think it won uh, you that. I would say this. I, I absolutely I would think say it this. won you that. The small margin, I think ultimately, I think John Oliver was a good pick, right? I, I think he's a great host. I think he's funny. And I think he's, but I, I don't know that he resonated with, with fans, with voters. I would say this you, to your credit, you played this game with integrity. Like if you would have, <laughs> if you would have done, remember two weeks ago, I did? remember two weeks ago, I took, I took you to, I was fishing for you votes. Got punished but, for it. I got punished for it. I think, <laughs> I think if you would have taken a more mainstream guy, or, or girl, like maybe an Ellen, even if you don't like Ellen, but like Ellen or, or maybe Phil Donahue 
or or Dr. Phil or something like that, I think that oh. might have gotten you two to three percent. I agree. You if I took Dr. Your Phil, you would have won ninety-five to five. <laughs> <laughs> I <laughs> deservedly so. Craig, Craig Ferguson got a lot of praise actually with your fourth pick. And Springer mm-hmm. was kind of up and down, you know. Some people love him. Yeah. Some people think he's a clown. Some people thought it was trash. And it was like, yeah, it doesn't right. count. Like, okay, but John Oliver. But people I got think on. Was the uh, one. People got on us both about Oliver and Stewart because they're like they're not talk show hosts. It's like bullshit. They're not. Like those are completely talk shows. Like they they have guests. They have people they talk to. Like they do comedy. Right. Like come on, man. Well, it was close. It was it was close again. Yeah, not, not our best poll. Not our best poll, but. It was close. It's hard. And we talked about this before we started taping. So this week we're going to do female vocalists over the past 40 years. And I want to throw this out right away. By doing it over the past 40 years, that eliminates people because this would have been, it's hard to do now. It would have been Mm -hmm. impossible because then you had people like Aretha Franklin and Janis Joplin and, you know, like Billie Mm -hmm. Holiday, if you want to go way back in the day and Etta James. Ella Fitzgerald, like all that stuff. Ella Fitzgerald, people like that. It would have just been absolutely impossible. If anything, you would do, maybe we'll do someday a category with uh, female vocalists pre-1970 or something like that. But this yeah. week we're doing it over the last, say, 40 years. All right. We'll, we'll keep it at about 40. Um, all right. So you had, no, I had the first. So this is since like week. 19, basically since 1980, essentially. Basically it says 1980. Because yeah. it's tough. Because if you said the 70s, if we would have done 50 instead of 40, I looked at some artists that I think. If it would have been from the seven, like Aretha Franklin, she had a lot of hits in the seventies, so she would have been eligible. She would have been a player on this list, but not definitely not the eighties. That would have been tough because it's that's a lot of fifties and sixties action too. Absolutely, for, from her. I agree. <laughs> I agree. I agree. I agree. I have no idea how this is going to. By the way, we talked about this before. I'm going to put something up next week. We're going to start taking some suggestions from fans. This is getting harder and harder and harder. I mean, we've done mm-hmm. so many of these now. We've done what probably twenty five of these. It's not easy to come up with yeah. something every week, but we, we keep trying. So if anyone out there listening has suggestions, tweet at one of us and uh, maybe we'll do that draft. But anyway, female vocalist past 40 years and you have the first pick. Um, I, I This kind of goes back to another another time we did one of these, but I think this is a slam dunk. Number one, I, Whitney Houston. I think Whitney, I think Whitney is an all timer. With, with such a tragic finish, but like, I don't know. I, I don't know. There, there are some other, there's another, at least one or two other options. I think that would make for number one, but I think Whitney's too good. Uh, Whitney's it's oh, man. It's, it's so sad the way everything ended with her and like, you know, the reality show and the drugs and all that stuff. But like, God damn, what a voice, like what a singer. Separate, and like so many hits off, off subject, because you said that I've really, I mean, I've noticed it before, but isn't it crazy how many amazing musicians die so much before their time? It's just Mm -hmm. incredible for whatever. Sometimes it's tragic, uh, self-inflicted reasons. Sometimes it's Mm -hmm. just whatever, you know, illness or whatever. But uh, anyway, Whitney was. I'm a big big grunge fan. You don't have to like you're you're preaching to the choir on that (laughs) one. Like. I was somehow really more a, somehow more grunge grunge guys have died than like guys from the sixties and shit. Like that's crazy. I I was really hoping that you would uh somehow not pick her. She was number one on my list as well. <laughs> and uh I, I'll say this: my number two is easy. And then after number two, I think you started to get into territory. And, and by the way, this is female vocalist. Is not necessarily the most successful female mm-hmm. singers of the last 40 years. This isn't all about mm-hmm. the charts. 
and stuff like that. I just want to make sure that that's clear too. Although the These votes are, are probably going to go that way, but you know, maybe. But uh, I'm going to try maybe. to be as clear as possible. I'm going to use the word vocalist instead of best music stars or whatever, mm -hmm. or female music stars of the last 40s. So it's about singing to me. Like this is the voice. Mm -hmm. um, all right. So you got Whitney one great pick. That was my number one too. My number two, and this one's easy, or my first pick, I should say, Celine Dion. I'm definitely have her. I, I love Celine Dion. I think she's a weirdo, though. I'll be honest with you, man. Um, but I, I, I'd be remiss. I, I have to pick her. I'm not going to really explain mm -hmm. why it, it goes without saying. So Celine Dion is, is there. This is where I don't know that there's, I think Whitney and Celine to me were one and two. And then after that, you can start to make cases for a lot of people. And I might have mm -hmm. one that might be controversial. We'll, we'll see. Because it'll be a late round pick if I do. All right. Ugh. I'm going to ride. God damn it. I'm a... I did not anticipate being <laughs> stuck so early. I don't know why I'm rattled. This isn't even like a surprise. Like Whitney going number one overall shouldn't be shocking to me. You think I would be right. better prepared. I guess my mind's not. I that, knew I couldn't uh, leave her on the board for you either. Because, <laughs> then I, then if, that, because not only are you going to take her instantly, but also then I'm passing on Whitney. I, mean, I can't do that. I can't do that. You know, I'm I, I'm going to do it, man. She's just, she's got a brand new album out, which quite frankly, I've only heard one song from. And, and I like mm -hmm. it, but I'm going with Adele. I, I have to go with Adele. She's uh. Yeah, I, I again, these uh, some of these are just no explanations really needed. Her mm -hmm. albums have been incredible, and this is what I think her third yeah. album is just dropping now. And uh, she's one of those singers, and by the way, she's very personable too. Like, I've seen her on a couple talk shows, she's actually really mm -hmm. funny. Um, yeah, I, again, I'm not going to explain a lot here with these, but Celine and Adele are my first two picks. Now, you have two, let's see if, if this bites me. I, I was trying to hold off one round. No, I, I, I don't think, no, I, I think taking Adele there, I mean, it, a hot, like she's red hot right now. So like, that's the fresh in the mind. So that's, that's good. But also like it's earned, like she's an unbelievable singer. Like, I mean, one the more thing, Joe, before, incredible. before your picks, I said, I wasn't going to explain, but I, this needs explanation. <laughs> some singers are incredible live and like some singers mm. sound incredible in the studio and then you get them live and they're yeah. Adele sounds freaking amazing live. And this is about vocalists. So mm -hmm. I feel better about her. All right. You're up for two. Yeah. No, I, I, Hey, I'm with you. Uh, <laughs> I'm hundred percent with you there. Um, I got to take Mariah Carey. Like that's who I was trying the, to get the range, the, the range. And I, I mean, it, you know, it is the hits, but like nobody's had that kind of high range as a singer. And I, I know it kind of tweaks people out when she hits those really high notes, but like, Ain't nobody else doing that, but like her voice is incredible. She's she, at, she, she's an she ultimate diva, hot, but like <laughs> you could have made a case of her being number one when when she first hit the scene, like when she first became a star. Mm -hmm. Her voice was just absolutely nothing. now it's completely gone now, and it's shot and she's cuckoo carry nowadays. <laughs> you know what I mean? She sounds terrible yeah. live, horrible live today. But this is over the last forty years. You could have made a strong case for her to be number one. I tried to sneak her and hope that you would uh, forget her. I almost took her over Adele. Mm. All right. Anyway. No, I, I, I mean, listen, you, I don't think you would have gone wrong either way. Um, uh, my next pick is going to be Amy Winehouse. Her, that's another one where way, way before her time. But sure. holy smokes, what a voice. Like just commanded your attention immediately and like she sang like kind of like how the singers from like the 30s and 40s would sing but like you know it was a it was a modern voice and like 
like you, like you'd hear her talk and like she's got like the you know the really thick british accent and then she's singing this this voice and you're like oh my god it's like a female freddie mercury because freddie mercury spoke like he was a he was a plumber from brighton <laughs> the way he spoke <laughs> and then he'd sing and you're like my god what a voice but like that's the same thing for her man she was whoo and it's Good so pick. sad but like damn what a voice that's yeah, another one. I I forgot. I didn't forget about her as a vocalist, but I forgot about you know her passing. Unfortunately, so young. It's just yeah. it's so sad and a very unique voice too. Like nobody mm-hmm. sounds like sounded like her. Uh, good right. picks, man. These are good picks. All right, so I got two here. One look, look man. She's a Lady Gaga. All right. I don't know how people mm-hmm. feel about Lady Gaga, and I really don't care how people feel about Lady Gaga. But she is an she's absolutely great. incredible vocalist. Um, mm-hmm. has been for a while. Yeah, I feel good about her. All right, here's the other one too. <laughs> this one, this one, I don't know. And shame on people if they don't like this. I am Alicia Keys is like my queen. I call her my queen every time I see her on mm-hmm. TV. Beautiful person, great voice, so talented. Ah, again, you know, Joe, we always try to. I feel like when we have somebody's dress, we try to sell our picks. But with a lot mm-hmm. of these female vocalists right they sell themselves like what am i going to say about a lady gaga or alicia keys that hasn't been said already Mm -hmm. uh yeah alicia keys all right so i've picked four so you got two more now and then you're done i i feel like these last couple picks are gonna probably define how this poll goes Mm -hmm. and yeah um and this is tricky because we get into that sort of pop it's hard now. I think. Rock category where the singing's different, where it's not exactly like, oh my God, the vocal, you know, where you're just kind of like, you know, your hair's blown back. And you're like, man, my God, what a singer. Where, and we're, we're also at the point of the draft where it's like, how can we get some extra votes out of this? Maybe <laughs> you start, <laughs> you don't want to blow it in, in the, the back of your mind. Right? Like, I don't know. Maybe you need some insurance here. Yeah. Um, Cause there's, there's, Two that I've got in mind that are just pure class singers, just incredible singers. And there's a couple others that I really love because they're great rock singers. And it's, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's, they need to be measured differently for what they Mm do. Um, But I'm going to go with, I'm going to stick to my guns here. I'm going to go with Annie Lennox. Okay. It's one of my class singers. Annie Lennox from the Rhythmics and her own stuff friggin great voice and yes. chrissy hind from the pretenders good pick. chrissy too. hind is a holy smokes what a voice like and like leading a rock like leading a rock band and just being like whoa okay like this girl can hammer at home and like it's a smooth voice like she didn't have to scream she didn't have to shout or anything like that she just owns it like Love that's her. fantastic so yeah like i i split the difference i did one rock one class voice there so yeah Although any likes uh, the rhythmics, I guess is a rock voice. I don't know. I would say again, if this is all about only mainstream and votes, which by the way, it shouldn't be. I want to throw that out there right. too. Chrissy Hine, some people might not be familiar. That that would be my concern. If I like if our life depended on winning this poll, I would be concerned. Mm-hmm. But I think that is an excellent pick, man. I absolutely love her voice. That's a great sleeper mm-hmm. pick. All right. I got well, I only got one more left. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> I got one more. Good luck. 
I want. And I mean to, that because there's too many choices. That's that's what I mean. Not like, like I, uh-huh, good I, luck finding one. I'm going to go with the controversial one because you were you weren't afraid to, to to take someone who might not be as well known to the mainstream, at least younger people anyway. Mainstream mm-hmm. with Chrissy Hind, and maybe you can even make the same case. Yeah, for maybe Andy, Andy Lennox, Lennox even too. Like eh, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna make my I'm gonna make my pick based on what I want and not necessarily what I think might hold the best. I'm gonna tell you the two that I was really torn on that I'm not taking either of them. Kelly Clarkson, I do, and I do love Kelly Clarkson too. Okay. And Christina Aguilera, who I think is an absolutely incredible mm-hmm. vocalist. I think yes. they're both legitimate picks and I do think they would pull well with fans. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm telling you who I'm going to take. And this is why I said it's a little controversial because you might argue that she was better in the 70s than the 80s. But she had too many good hits and I looked it up in the 80s as part of a group to not be... Mm-hmm. Included. That's Ann Wilson from Heart. She might be okay. the most powerful rock singer, or my favorite powerful rock singer, male or female. I absolutely love Ann Wilson's voice, man. One of my favorite singers of all time. And again, this is one of those ones where, you know, maybe if instead, if you would have picked uh, Kelly Clarkson or something like that, mm-hmm. I might have went back with Christina Aguilera. But you were gutsy enough to take a a pick that was a critical pick to you as opposed to maybe not a box <laughs> office pick. So I, I am going to say Ann Wilson and I'm, I'm going to live or die with it. I don't know. Dude, what? I love Ann Wilson, man. No, dude, heart friggin' rules. Um, and the way Nancy plays guitar, goddamn, like just a sick guitar player. She's, she's yeah. incredibly good. Even like see it, like seeing them, like the rock and roll hall of fame performances or whatever. Like she just comes out, she just shreds and it's like, goddamn. Yeah. All right. Like, Good shit. Did you Plus, ever? Did, did you yeah. hear? Did you hear them do that? Did you hear them do that? I wasn't Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. It was Kennedy Honors, Music Honors. They were inducting Led Zeppelin, and mm-hmm. Hart, along with some choir, did a, a cover of Stairway to Heaven. It was one of the most amazing mm-hmm. things I've ever yeah. heard in my entire life, man. Mm-hmm. And um, like, I've got some. I got a soft spot for Ann Wilson too because she she did a she like teamed up on a song with was it Soundgarden or was it no it was Alice in Chains like she just did like some backing vocals with like a Ooh. it was on one of their uh one of their EPs uh I forget which what song it is but like she does like the backing vocals too and you're just like whoa all right that freaking rules I didn't expect this I didn't expect to hear Ann Wilson on that um Two that I would, I'll I'll give you the other two that I was looking at. The the class voice was Sade. Sade, good one. God damn, like love her voice. Even to like to this day, still has the voice. Still is just like, like you're just kind of like, all right, like Sade, knock your socks off, man. And the other one was Belinda Carlisle. Because I know the Go Go's were like super poppy, but like when she did some of her solo stuff, man, she could bring it. Like she is good. So yeah, those those are the we other two that were really on my list. We could have done a draft of female group lead singers, or not even necessarily female groups, but female lead singers from groups, which maybe would have mm. broke this down. Because I'm looking, I'm like, you just every I like every pick you made, and I like the honorable mentions that you just said, and mm. we've only like half even scratched the surface of, of people who would have been good picks. A lot of people mm-hmm. say Pink, a lot of, Sia. Yeah. I love Sia. Um, she is great. I love Tony Braxton, Mary J. Blige, very popular, a, a great singer. 
Uh, Boy, they skipped over a few. I, no, we, oh, we, <laughs> we sure skipped did. a lot, man. Wait, wait till I get Damn. to the last one. Another one that I considered, uh, I did not pick her because I didn't think it would pull. Well, I didn't pick her because I just didn't think, I thought there were five that were better, but I like Atlantis Morissette's voice a lot too. Yeah. And I, I thought it was different yeah. at the time. But the one that neither was even mentioned that I guarantee, well, I don't want to guarantee oh, it, but. I know what you're going to say, Beyonce. Madonna. Oh, oh, Beyonce. oh, Madonna. Jesus, Beyonce. Beyonce. Oh, we no didn't one, say Madonna either. Gen- Jennifer Hudson. Well, I'll say this. And, and I, I thought of Madonna when I came up with this category. And I wanted to make sure we said vocalist. I don't think Madonna was one, one of the all-time great female vocalists. She's one of the all-time great female performers. Performers. Like she, yeah. It's music. I love her beats. I love her melodies. I, I love the songs. Mm-hmm. But I don't think Madonna's on the same level when it comes to being a vocalist as these people that we've selected. But Beyonce, mm-hmm. I'd be surprised if we don't get a lot of shit for not taking Beyonce. We are, I'd be surprised. I predict we're going to get... I know one friend of mine will absolutely curse us both out for not picking Beyonce. And the yeah. and the Bayhive is a strong hive, man. We're, we're, <laughs> we might hear it. We might really hear it because... Yeah, I I don't know. Like I, it's easy to get distracted by like the Whitney Houston's and the Mariah Carey's and the, and and the Adele's because because you still you just think vo- vocalists and you start thinking like solo performers that just like own it and like yeah she had Destiny's Child or whatever but like she's been a solo artist for way longer than Destiny's Child was around and I don't know what it I. I don't know. I don't know if she falls into that Madonna category where it's like as a performer she's in a like top three performer all time. Like, yeah, I, I just, I don't know. I haven't, I don't think of her as like a, like a singer with a voice where you're just like, Whoa, let her bust out the, you know, have her bust out a ballad, like hit, hit all those notes. But like performer, hell yeah. Like her, like any of her performances are out of control. Great. So I don't know. I, that would be my only defense, but it will not be heard by those that will be <laughs> will be mad at us about not picking her. <laughs> <laughs> let me uh, all right. So let me recap our picks here. But before I do that, I, I'm looking, and, and you know what I I look at this draft. Well, first let me get a uh, first let me get the picks out again. So to recap, Joe selected Whitney Houston, Mariah Carey, Amy Winehouse, Annie Lennox, Chrissy Hind. I selected Celine Dion, Adele. Gaga, Alicia Keys, and Ann Wilson. I see this being a lot like the Adam Sandler draft that we did a couple weeks ago. I feel like mm. I, from one to five, I'm not saying my depth is better than yours this time. I definitely think it was better in the first with the Adam Sandler draft. I think our, I think these are across the board are great picks. I think mm-hmm. the public might think that I have more depth. But just like with the Adam Sandler, when you took, uh, when you got Happy Gilmore and Billy Madison, I think with you getting Whitney and Mariah, and the same team, I think you're going to, you have a really top heavy draft where I think that's going to resonate with a lot of people that you got Whitney and Mariah. You got, you've got a lot of the current pop. Yeah. Hit, like Lady Gaga and Adele. Like that's, that's current pop, like hammering at home. And that's, like, I've got, and like, that's part, part of the reason why I wanted Ann Wilson though, too, is I didn't want to have five mm-hmm. singers that are still current today and, you know, mm-hmm. popular today. So I don't know. We'll see how it plays out. That Adam Sandler one, by the way, was you won that fifty-one forty-nine. I'm gonna say this by is like gonna what, be one vote, two votes, maybe. Um, yeah, is that the close, was that like the super that. close one. No, yeah. no, that wasn't the virtual tie. But you won this one fifty-one forty-nine. 
And again, okay. I won last week, 51-49. You've obviously crushed me in most of these, but let's see if I get a winning streak going. <laughs> I'm predicting that it's going to be within it's gonna be close. six points. I think the poll is going to be winning six points. We'll see. I would. Anyway, I would. All right. If, mm-hmm. if we're doing an over/under on that, I I bet the under. I think it's going to be a lot closer. Yeah. That'd be nice. I think. I, like I, think, si- I think six. Six is like what fifty-six forty-four. I could see it being closer than that. Yeah. Yeah. It could be. It could be. We'll see. This was fun though, and uh, we'll we'll see how it goes. Everyone, give Joe a follow on Twitter at Joe Yurden. Check out Noted Hockey, his Substack. Make sure you subscribe to that. This was fun. By the way, again, we're taping this casual Wednesday. We'll be back next week, normal Friday. Hope everyone, of course, has a great Thanksgiving. And I know Joe's not a Bills fan, so he really don't care one way or the other. But I do care. I'm not going to lie, man. I hope the Bills win because I want the tone to be a lot better when we talk next week. But thanks as always, buddy. This was fun. Have a good Thanksgiving. Yeah, have a great Thanksgiving. And happy Thanksgiving to everybody listening.